Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. We have the one and only and typically Monday guest, but when we get a nine handle on CPI, we got to bring him back, Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I want to give you kudos, props, applause, whatever you want to call it. You called, actually, in our last series of Monday interviews, the nine handle. I didn't see it. I thought 8889. I did not see nine, let alone 91. You did. So I got to ask, now what? What What do we do now, man? 9.1 CPI? Oh, my goodness. What's going on? Well, you know, so the good news is this could be now plateauing uh, as we've seen commodity prices coming down, gas, lumber, building materials, things like that. We haven't seen it so much in food yet. And we, we're still going through the summer, you know, price hike on food, meat, things like that. You still have pandemic concerns out there with China. You know, as soon as they come out, they start going back this country. You know, we have uh, things, you know, ramping back up with COVID again. So as long as supply chain issues remain, uh, you know, under control, I think we can see now inflation start to plateau with, with those other things. But, you know, if oil reverses and commodities reverse and those types of things, you know, it's going to be the same old song and dance. But I think you'll see the eights next time. Mm. Uh, you know, if you look at because what we saw was July. I mean, June, mm-hmm. that was June. June's numbers that came out today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to report July numbers. And a lot of things are up right now just because of the summer. But, you know, fuel is a big one. Uh, but it's really the only thing that's down and it's still twice as much as it was. So yeah. you might see 8.8 next time, 8.9, but it's not going to get in the sevens yet. No. So we got a lot of go-ho. And again, it's what I really am following is, is again, as an economist and, and watching the Fed now for 30 years, the Fed really does focus on core, right? So the, the headline, right, is headline and core. Headline's 9-1, core was 5-9, right? They were expecting 5-6. So that was even up. Uh, what I've never really thought about, or at least it's been decades since I've thought about it, is the gap between headline and core, right? We're, we're talking, what is that? It's like 3.2%. That's the largest gap I remember. Because again, what is in headline that's not in core? It's really gas and food. And headline is screaming. And why is headlining important? That's what you and I care about. That's, what, that's what's crushing the poor. This regressive tax is just sapping people's incomes, reserves. It's, it's just not a good time, right? I, I think the consumers are already pulling back. Again, consumers are the, are the heart of the economy. I think they are. I, I, think a se- I think a recession official, like deep, dark recession starts Q3 2022 right now. Q1, Q2 won't be called a recession, technically speaking, because of jobs. But boy, Q3, Q4, not looking good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. And, you know, that core number, uh, you know, that's silly, too, because it's a lot higher than what they're reporting. I don't know how they're measuring it. And, you know, Powell at the last conference that he was at in Switzerland, I can't remember what it was, but he was speaking and he said, look, our our, our uh, models are wrong. Yeah. He said, our models don't account for the things that we're dealing with these days, like a pandemic or, mm-hmm. the, you know, the other things. And I mean, you have to look at headline because it takes everything into account. And, you know, they're still not catching rents. I mean, they're still not catching 
you know, housing costs in terms of the expenses to keep up a house, everything's gone up. I mean, your lands, if you hire these things out, landscaping pools, you know, pool maintenance, all, all of the things that you need to take care of your house, and then all the materials you're buying to keep your house up. Uh, and then, yeah, the biggest issue, obviously, we're, we're a consumer-driven economy. So gas and food are the two biggest items that are going to yeah. affect your spending. And that's why I knew it was way hotter than what they were saying. The economists have been wrong the entire time. The Fed's been wrong the entire time. The Treasury Secretary has been wrong the entire time. They're not paying attention to what really matters. And what really matters is, who do you know right now that has not changed their behavior because of what's going on? Yeah. I mean, people I know at the upper, you know, extreme yeah. ends of wealth, nine, 10 figures, liquid, yeah. have changed their behavior. Exactly. All the way down to the person that's, you know, making 500 bucks a week or whatever it is. That's the most extreme behavior change. And that's a lot of times that's who, you know, the biggest spenders are in terms of, you know, consumer driven yeah. GDP numbers. So yeah. everybody recognizes what's going on and everybody knows inflation is a lot higher than what they've been saying. And you know, until you see people start to say, you know, it feels like I have more money every week, you know, you're not going to see inflation taper. But the good news is we could be peaking. Mm -hmm. And when inflation peaks, markets bottom. Mm -hmm. So we still have the Fed's response to this. And we can talk about that. That's I guess the we're very next that. question. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah, let's go there right now. So we have a Fed meeting next week. Uh, it's funny. I have I have a 10 year Wall Street vet veteran on every Monday. Actually, it's after your interview. And uh, first off, he's been wildly wrong. Taylor, you've been wildly wrong on inflation, buddy. I'm going so to zing you next You week. say 10-year Wall Street veteran. How old is he? Uh, he's, uh, I think he's hot, 41, 42. So he hasn't so Taylor, you need, to, you need to look at the past because, yeah. again, most of the people out there have never been through a global macroeconomic downturn. Totally agree. And they just don't know. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, you know, I see all kinds of people say, oh, you know, inflation peaked last month and or the it's going to be 8.6 yeah. this time and markets have already bottomed and, you know, yeah. no more downside. Look, these things take months and years exactly. to work out. It doesn't happen overnight. That's the biggest lesson learned. If you look at 2000, well, look at even the March 2020 bottom, we shot out of it quick, but that was still a two-year process. You know, two 18 months to get down yeah, and get right. back up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so these things don't happen overnight. They take time. And these are big, you know, butterfly effects around the world this time. Exactly. Yeah, the dollar. So, and uh, so there's so much stuff to talk about. First, yeah. first we got to get to the Fed's reaction. So where I was going with this is two weeks ago, you know, there's the, the Wall Street was predicting a 50 basis point cut. And I laughed in Taylor's face. I said 75 all day long. Now it's very interesting. Now it's 75. And they actually just as of this morning, latest and greatest bet, there's 30% bet they go to 100. So when you look at what's coming next week, you know Powell's pension for telling the market so they're not surprised. Uh, do, do you see, I got to assume you see at least 75, but do you see him surprising with 100 next week? Well, they won't surprise. So, you know, we have two weeks before they meet. So they will telegraph just like they did last time. So probably this week, we will get an indication of what they're going to do. And if they're going to do 100 basis points, it will be... It'll, they'll tell us, yeah, leaked. Yeah. yeah, they'll just tell you. So 75, done deal. That's just done. done. You know, done deal. I think the chances of 100, based on earnings, you know, we just see what earnings look like and yeah, those types of big things. Big banks start point, tomorrow, yeah. They've said, we are going to fix inflation. What they did last time hasn't put a dent in it. It went up, I think, 100 basis points. I think you'll see more than a 50% chance by the end of the week. Wow, um, yeah. So we'll know probably by the end of this week or next week, they will send the signals what they're going to do. So the markets can, yeah. you know, unwind in, a, in ahead of that. Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing a little bit of volatility today, but the whole caveat is what's the Fed going to do? 
Exactly. And, you know, if we get 75 to 100, you know, markets will drop a little bit. If they don't, you know, if they didn't do that, the markets would tank. Oh, um, absolutely. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Well, then I think the really interesting thing for me is they actually don't meet in August. They're, they have August off, if you will. Uh, the next meeting after that is September. What I'm calling right now is 75, 75, 75 in July, 75 in September. And again, that's a, that'll take us to 3%, right? We're at one and a half today. So 275s get us to 3%. And we still have two meetings after September. So right, we which can, is taking you to their benchmark. I mean, their benchmark's three and a half, right? And the, yeah, that the, the, the little yeah, dots. That's, yeah, the dot plot. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, we could. We, I mean, we could be at four by the end of the year. I mean, it's it's feasible to think about, right? Two fit two seventy fives and two fifties. You're at four. Yeah, and I think so. The credibility is what's on the line here because they're obviously they've made huge policy error. They're behind the curve. The markets are leading the Fed. So if they go a hundred, they have to back off potentially. You know, mm -hmm. next time. So the question is, do they want to do that? And they could telegraph that. They could say, look, we need to get control of this. We're not meeting in August. We're going to go ahead and hit it with 100. Then we could possibly back off, you know, after that. Maybe. We'll, we'll wait and see. Because they'll actually have a two months of data. Because, again, they yeah. don't meet in August. So, so maybe, And he yeah. never gives that kind of guidance in terms oh. of what we're going to do in the future. He just says, this is what we're doing right now. We're monitoring the data. We're going to be nimble. We're going to data, be Data dependent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you could see 100 because they're not meeting in August. Yeah, maybe. I think you're. I think that's a good call. Yeah, I let's be clear. I'm going to say it until it happens. They need to do 100. And yeah, frankly, I think, so. I think they need to do 100 today. Just stop the madness after the market closes. You know, pull out the script saying we're doing 100 today. Let's let's surprise the market. Um, but he wants orderly. To your point, right? He's very much the communicator. Yeah, you don't want the markets to just crack because then they have to respond to that. So you need an orderly soft landing. So you yeah. need an orderly, you know, levels. Yeah. They don't mind it going down. They just want it to be orderly going down. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're, you're always right. Yeah. Not so, always, not uh, always, but you know, yeah. uh, more, more than most, <laughs> more than most. So the, the last thing I think about is the consumer, right? Cause again, the consumer's feeling this every day. And, you know, again, as you said, and I remind people today on the daily financial news, good times never last, bad times never last. Hey folks, we're entering a bad time. But remember what Greg says, I really see the consumer having two reactions. And it'll be interesting to see what you think about this. Again, as we're starting this, first off, I think they're going to be mad and angry. And what does that mean? Well, we have a midterm election in November. And I think if I was a sitting senator or House of Representatives, I'd be very nervous. Either side. I don't care who you are, Republican or Democrat. If you're in office today, you must be nervous uh, because you're going to get blamed. And I think the electorate's going to take it out on that. And then the other one is fear. It's, it's people, when people are afraid, they retreat. A recession is almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. And they do, they just, they retreat from everything. And again, this is why, as you know, and we have talked about, the best deals are made in recessions. Because when everybody loves to say, I'm going to buy next time there's a recession. And then a recession happens and they're afraid and they do nothing. So let's talk about the, you know, so do you think they're going to be angry and kind of take it out at the election? Do you think that's an emotion? Yeah, people are already upset. You can already see the polls. So the, the current administration's to blame right now. That's what everybody is blaming. They're blaming mm -hmm. the current administration. Uh, you know, Biden's polls are record low numbers, regardless of your political beliefs. Yeah, it just is what it are. is. Yep. That's the reality of what's going on. So they, they've already lost this cycle. So, the, you know, and, and they're blaming the Fed. They're blaming, uh, you know, Bi uh, Biden. 
So the thinking is, you know, there's nothing they can really do now. They have to stay the course. Like for instance, somebody, you know, the thinking out there was, well, shouldn't the, wouldn't the Fed pivot to try to bring things up for the midterm elections? Like, no, they're already lost. No, no, done. That's it's already over. gone. Midterms gone. are already done. So what they're looking at now is the best scenario for the administration would be a deep recession, yes. you know, high uh, rates, all of that stuff going into the elections yeah. in 2024. Correct. So Coming, then yeah. they can rescue. Hey, we're bringing down inflation. We brought down inflation. We're bringing the country out of recession. You know, we're, yeah. you know, pump the markets back up just like Trump did. Right. Yeah. He came into office. Hey, let's pump the markets. That's why we had the easy Fed and all that. Because, you know, they say, hey, we're not, you know, swayed by politics, but they're, you know, their yeah. job hinges on who's in office. So they have yeah. to they have to do what they're told. And I don't care what Powell says. He gets mm -hmm. called to Biden's office. He's been given yeah, a mandate. His mandate, yeah. his mandate is you want to keep your job, you get inflation down. So yeah, be, be, yeah. yeah, be, now, yeah right. And, this is about 2024. I agree. Yep. And the psychology of it, we talked about that before. So yeah, that's why Yellen and that's why the Fed aren't talking recession because, you know, that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And Absolutely. it's happening. So people- you know, more, you know, people, yeah, people are mad and everything when you're, especially when you're at the pump and it's five oh. bucks, you know, now it's eased up Dude, a little five bit, bucks is still, almost seven where I live. Well, so where <laughs> I live, I mean, I filled up at three ninety nine today. That's the lowest I've oh. filled up in months. And, but it was still a hundred dollars to fill yeah. up, you know, a suburban when normally that's 50 bucks, you know? So people, yeah, it's not 125, but it's still hundred, you know? Yeah, so still, still that's still offensive to a lot of people that are working paycheck to paycheck, even at hundred grand a year and you got a family support, that's, that's 20 bucks you didn't have, you know, mm -hmm. that you could have otherwise had to put into the economy, do other things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people are mad. They feel betrayed. They feel upset because they've seen wall street, you know, just off the rails with all these bubbles. Now on the flip side, if they, people own the house the last two years, they benefit from it. Now they're watching that, you know, kind of deteriorate. Mm -hmm slowly, but they've benefited there. So, you know, it's kind of been passed around, you know, a lot of places and that's, you know, people had savings, you know, they paid down some, you know, credit and things like that, but now it's starting to flip. Savings are getting depleted, credit's going up, you know, cars, people are turning cars in like we talked about yeah. the other day. So yeah, there's a lot of emotions going through people's minds, depending on where, where they are. And I think, you know, the lower end of the spectrum that's paycheck to paycheck, they're feeling it the most. Mm -hmm. And that's where the damage is being done the most. The high end, what Pal's saying is, look, you guys, you know, in this upper income with your house values and this, I don't care. I, I do not care. People. Yes. I got to help these people. So for whoever's listening, your house value and equity and all that is going away. He doesn't care. Yeah, now yeah. he can't affect, you know, housing rates and he hasn't yet because with everything else that's going on between, you know, recessionary fears and all that, the bond market's been reacting to that and yields have been down, you know, because flight to safety, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now, but once all that kind of subsides a little bit, those those bond yields will go back up again, and you know that'll really yeah. affect uh, you know rates in the, in the housing market. But they're coming after housing. No, yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about is fear, uh, because that's a that's a really raw emotion, and a lot of folks, as we talked about with Taylor earlier, this is their first go around with a deep dark recession bear market. Right? If you're under forty, yeah, sure, we had the March 2020 kind of V-shaped recovery, but that was nothing. That was, that was nothing. What we are going through is kind of a combination 08.com kind of combination. And, and this will, I'm willing to say right now that I think this might be the longest recession of my adult life. This might be certainly 18 months. This could be 24 year months of just a slow slog to your point coming out middle of 24 for that cycle. Yeah. And actually that wasn't bad. I'm looking at it now. So it started February of 2020. 
And, it, you know, market came back out of the depths of the bottom back yeah. to, you know, levels before the crash, you know, August, 2020. So that, yeah, that like was six months. It wasn't too bad. Right. But that was 2 trillion bucks. And, you know, the Fed coming out saying we have an unlimited budget, yeah. you know, that we'll was buy the, whatever we need. Yeah. That was the Fed doing things they never done. They bought corporates. Yeah. And I'm looking they, at the charts while we're talking. So, um, you know, the last time was 2018. So it started, you know, the correction started January, 2018, and we came out of it. You know, that took a little longer, July of 2019, to, well, May, May of 2019. So that took, you know, year and a half. But the big one is, you know, 2009. That's what you really have to look at. And that whole debacle started, um, really, it started, you know, yeah, May of 07, mm -hmm. bottomed March of 09, came back to May 07 levels in 2013. So, I yeah. mean, that's how bear markets, that's a real recession, real bear market, you know. Agreed. And then the dot-com, same thing. I mean, you peaked in May of 2000. Mm -hmm. uh, bottom was September of 2002. Took two years to bottom. Yeah. And then, you know, got back to those levels in 07. So that took, you know, again, you know, five, seven years for that. That was the S&P. NASDAQ might have moved a little quicker. Let me look at that. NASDAQ was more, you know, March, March 2000 bottomed. September 02. So that took two years, even with that big blow off bubble. And that's kind of where we're at right now with yeah. like crypto and a lot of the markets. We're in that 2000, you know, event again. And that took two years to get to the bottom. And then it took, uh, it was 2015 to get back, 15 years to get back. Yeah. This is, this is what I want. This is again, if you, if you're under 40, you haven't experienced this, this feels weird. This feels different. You might be scared. Um, let's just remind people that, you know, good times never last bad times never last. And th these are the times to understand markets. Don't uh, react emotionally, go shopping, have your buy list, maybe buy a business with terms. This is a time again, where you can get creative and you could buy assets on sale. Let's just remind people of that. Yeah. Go study 2000, 2001 NASDAQ for crypto. Cause that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, and then look at, you know, 2009 for the rest, you know, for Dow Jones and S and P. I mean, that's where we're at. And they did the same thing back then, but not as bad. So, I mean, that's just how these things play out. It's how it works. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, a little skewed because of the whole 2020 thing. And we don't have that luxury this no. time. The Fed can't come back in with $2 trillion to rescue the markets. And they're not going to because of where we're at. You know, you just until you get inflation back down to 2 3%, then maybe they can, you know, switch it up. They can pull the foot off the gas a little bit as we you yeah. know, kind of work our way down. But make no mistake, they are going to get inflation under control and destroy demand. You know, they have to, I mean, you know, the 9.1, yeah. Just... Nine, 10% inflation does more psychologically, like you said, to people from anger and frustration and fear, you know, and your question was about fear, uh, you know, then anything, anything that the markets, you know, people that are making, you know, or limited budgets and whatever, they could care less about the market, you know, no, they're trying to survive, exactly. you know? And, yeah. Real. Uh, I mean, yeah, again, people, I mean, I don't have these numbers off, but they'll be close. If you look at the stock market, the 1% own like, I don't know, over 80% of the stock market. Yeah. If you look at housing, the 1% own like, I don't know, 40%. So a lot more wealth dispersed in housing. But a lot of folks don't have money in stocks or housing, right? They're renters and it is tough. Yeah, they're just trying to feed the kids and, you know, pay yeah. for school or whatever it is they're doing and oh, just survive, you know? So and yeah. so here's the thing. So you talk about fear. Fear is often because, you know, people are afraid of something. They don't understand, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're afraid of what they don't understand a lot of times. People don't understand what's going on. Why are we in this position? How did we get in this position? How did our government let us down? They don't know what they're doing. You know, they don't know how to get us out of this. 
is this going to correct or is it going to get worse? So that's where the fear is coming from. It's uncertainty. People don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to, what it's going to look like for the next two, three, five years. I'm sitting here telling you, look how long it took. That's just markets. But that was also a recessionary environment. But for everybody watching, I mean, you know, inflation wasn't a problem back in 2000 or back yeah, in 2000. Yeah, you have more tools when inflation's 2% than you do at right. 9%. Yeah. yeah, you didn't have those issues. Now we have inflation. So there's only so much they can do. So they're going to have to let the market suffer to get, you know, the American people back and to get credibility back to the government because people don't trust the government. They don't believe in them. They don't mm-hmm. think the Fed has a grip or a clue what's going on or Janet Yellen. Oh. They need to be removed, period. They need to be removed because they just have no clue what's going on or how to fix it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, economists out there and academics and theorists that are, you know, trying to tell people what to do or the Fed or whatever. And, you know, you need some business people in there to know how to make, make a buck, you know, and yeah. turn this thing around. Yeah. Well, do me a favor, Greg, where can people find you? gregdickerson.com. That's where all my info is. Thank you, buddy.